Secrets from a Coach. Thrive and maximize your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson Stavely of Phenomenal Training. Debs. Law, you all right? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the conversation we're about to have. Why is that? Because I think the topic that we've chosen for this week just feels so perfectly chosen. We're going to be discussing, um, yeah, how to uh, how to keep motivated during setback. And uh, so, you know, we've talked in the first week of January about um, individual levels of motivation. Last week's was about maintaining team motivation and TNTs. And this week's focus is all about during the exceptionally dark and tough times, mm. what role motivation, how can you G yourself along? So it just feels like we kind of chose quite wisely, really. And actually, we've had a you know ch- shift in restrictions that might have created more yes. wobbles and ripples in people's sense of motivation and morale. So, um, yeah, what are you picking up? Mm, yeah, very similar. This week is really up topsy-turvy, I think. And um, people have taken a step back. I know it was, you know, Blue Monday, wasn't it, on Monday? So I don't know how much of that um, is playing out for people. But there's loads of things that people are talking about within themselves that uh, they feel a bit flat, I suppose. And lots of things have happened, which has set them back off of their plan. And I was doing some coaching with somebody this morning. And um, what what's kept them going, actually, is their six-box grid exercise, which I know you shared. We shared that actually last January. So, um, you know, they're being able to use that. But I think it's that bit also around, um, you know, how, how do we deal with those setbacks um, and how do we overcome them so that we can keep going um, and not be dragged backwards with them, I think. So it's been really, yeah, really interesting time. People are wobbling a little bit this week. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Well, I'll refresh the six box exercise because it's yes. just such a smashing way to kind of grab a bit of sense of control over one's destiny, you know, however messy kind of life is at the moment. And um, I think a, a scenario that always comes to mind that inspires me whenever life seems a little bit kind of dark or you're sort of lost in a hole is taking lessons from the extraordinary way in which those 33 Chilean miners... Oh, gosh, yes. ...back in 2010, how they survived through that whole ordeal that they were with. So I remember it vividly because it's my worst nightmare, Debs. (laughs) So whenever you read something, you think, oh, my God, can you just imagine what that would be like? You know, you're kind of reading every article because I was just morbidly fascinated in... How would I respond? How would any of us respond if you were 2,300 feet underground? Oh my gosh. Under hard rock (laughs) in a mining accident. So the entrance had collapsed. 33 miners stuck underground and they were able to shift closer to the ventilation tunnels. But in the kind of emergency food supplies, there was only two to three days rations. But... What is just so inspiring is when you read about the acts of leadership that happened all that way underground to then help them through. Interestingly, all the men uh, swore an oath to silence to not share or exchange outwardly anything that went on within that group. So that indicates to you that there was an incredible sense of camaraderie that kept the guys going. But those 33 uh, miners, they were eventually, all of them got to the surface safe and well 69 days later. And they were never told at the start this might be two or three months because it was just such negative news. They had to be ever so careful in terms of how they kind of fed them that news. And in terms of fed, how they fed them was dripping glucose syrup 
down oh thin gosh. strips of wire that went down through yeah, that whole kind of Yeah, I remember watching that. Yeah. Wow. It's just incredible. But from that, though, of course, you know, most of us hopefully are never going to be in a scenario like that. But what you can extract from that is amazing lessons and transfer that to in our kind of current day to day. If life is feeling a bit like trapped, stuck in a hole, not quite sure what's happening, your life feels like it's kind of not, in, you know, not where you thought it was going to be and all those type of things that can swirl around in our mind. The things that were said to be so successful in that successful rescue mission was the moment it became apparent that the guys were caught up in this crisis, the shift leader took control and um, made it into a, that the job. So we gave them a sense of purpose and direction. So the 33 were split into three shifts. Some went off to go and find water. Others then found something else. They exercised. They had a run of 1.2 miles worth of tunnels underground. And they just made that whole um, experience given a daily sense of purpose. One of them did then say that each of them took a turn to have a bad day and the others would rally around and that's how they sort of did that. But I think there's a couple of things that maybe um, we can sort of lift from that, which is um, how busy, how, how focused am I keeping myself at the moment? So what can I do, even if my kind of the, the, the end goal isn't maybe entirely clear? And I think, again, something that can be of comfort if people are feeling, you know, not great at the moment or a little bit stuck is that the psychologists who were brought on site to help maintain the mental health of the guys that were trapped underground, it was all about being able to give the men a sense of control over their destiny. So being able to be involved in the decision-making process. And they're quoted to then say how a sense of control over your destiny is really key for motivation and optimism. So sometimes just being reminded of those kind of physical, dark, trapped scenarios can just get us thinking about well, what does that mean then in terms of us individually or as teams, that daily sense of purpose and keeping going. And it's almost like the comfort and the reassurance from that routine. Yeah, definitely. That and yeah, I, I do remember that law. And I think your link in with having that sense of purpose, I think, is is so important because you know we talk about having resilience. Um, you know, to be able to you know look at that. We talk about the capacity to re- be able to remain flexible in in our thoughts and our feelings and behaviours when we're faced by a life disruption. And that certainly was one. Um, but it's an extended pressure as well. So that's what we're looking at. So that you know, we can emerge stronger and wiser and more able. But it, I think it comes back to that bit about our resilience. So, you know, the awareness piece, I think, is really key. So I love how you said that, you know, the, the leader gave them all something to do. Um, because, you know, if our minds are wandering in, you know, when we're under pressure or set in setback or just in that hole, you know, it creates an unhappy mind. Um, and therefore, you know, we're not paying attention to what we're doing or how we want to be around that. So having that awareness, you know, when you think 47% of the time for us, we're not paying attention to what we're doing. We're just either going through the motions or we haven't got the motivation, as you said, or the optimism to do it. So so we have to have a focus, as you said, and feel that we are in control of our conscious mind as well. So, you know, and that purpose we've got, which is identifying that sense of direction, um, whether it is for 69 days, whether it's a week, whether it's a month, whether it's a year, um, I think is really important because it helps, I suppose, cultivate that meaning um, for ourselves and our life. So it gives us a sense of meaning and a direction that we can, you know, head towards rather than move away from. So how do we um, keep doing that? And 
I think that leads into that bit about, you know, the insight we're getting. So being curious about what's going on at the moment and um, thinking about, you know, what can I pay attention to now? Um, what can I do in that moment? Um, whether it's big or small, it doesn't matter. But I think it's that showing kindness and compassion and gratitude, if you like. And, you know, using your, you know, what you said about having a down day and it was okay. I think that's really important because again, that that creates a sense of connection as well, doesn't it? With, you know, not just them, but with people around us. So if we can reach out and connect to somebody that when we're having a bit of a setback, so important to be able to, you know, have that, to be able to talk it through because it can then realign us in that moment because um, it doesn't mean it'll last forever as well, which I think is really key. Now, how interesting, just listening, just reflecting as you were talking about sort of sharing that and connecting and, you know, other people then sort of helping you kind of uh, feel a little bit more connected and grounded, et cetera, et cetera. Now, there's kind of like a dark edge to that though, Debs, isn't there? And and what what's kind of as in, am I just going to drag you down? <laughs> so what's the purpose of this conversation? Because if, um, you know, am I just going to drag you down and then there's two people who end up feeling kind of low, you know, sort of with it. And it's just got me thinking about um, our wonderful colleague, Linz, talking about the concept of fraternalistic degradation. If I'm feeling low, it helps me if I know that you're feeling low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now, if I'm feeling low and you're feeling okay... Yeah. Oh, that's a little bit uncomfortable. And what you can sometimes see within working cultures is you'll maybe have a couple of people going, oh, isn't it dreadful that we've all got to do this? Oh, isn't it awful? And then the other person might sort of not have really given two thoughts about it, but because the other person is saying it's awful, isn't it? And then you sort of get yourself caught up in this. Yeah, you're right, actually, it is awful. And then it gives a sense of temporary relief to the other person. So I do think there is a responsibility in when we sort of communicate, it's kind of, well, with what aim? Is it just to share and connect? But if it's with the aim to drag you down with me, then actually that's where having that internal sense of vision and purpose can help you be resilient to if there are others around you who don't really want you to be too happy, they want to drag you down. Because if you look too happy, that's a little bit less comfortable for them. So I think that's going to be interesting for kind of workplace cultures at the moment is what happens if half of your people are up and the other half are down? How do you ensure that everyone is kept on an even keel? Because, yes, it's great to share and connect and problem solved as a problem halved, etc. as long as the intention is, and how do we make things better? Absolutely. Not, I'm going to drag you down so you feel as yes. bad as I do, and then I feel less bad about feeling bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I think, I, I think you're right. And I suppose that's the narrative then, isn't it, that plays out in our heads. So we have to watch that whatever, if you're listening to somebody you know, we can't necessarily fix it for them. And we always say that in coaching, you know, we can't fix it for you. What we can do is help you um, sort of think about um, calling up the inner coach, if you want. So exploring what's going on in that moment. So if we give that person the space, so we give them the ability to think for themselves because they can, you know, they're not a three-year-old who might need some support to think about what's right or wrong or good or bad or whatever. As an adult, we do have the ability to think for ourselves. So if if we don't go in and rescue and we we make sure that we keep and have that awareness that ev- except that the other person can think for themselves, then we can help that, you know, with them by dialing up their inner coach if you like. But we can also if it's happening to us, we can also stop 
and go, actually, these are just a bunch of thoughts I'm having. You know, is that true? Is that logical? Is it helpful? Um, which probably be no for most of those. So therefore, what do I want to do now? You know, because I can. And that gives us um, the choice to change the narrative um, around what's going on. So we're moving towards something different, something better. Um, because I always think, you know, failures and setbacks are, are just a comma. They're not a full stop. Um, so therefore, what can we do um, to be able to dial up our inner coach and explore what's going on? So going back to curiosity, um, which we did speak about last week as well, being curious about what's going on. Having empathy, I think, is such a, a, a key thing for yourself, but also for the other person, the circumstances they find themselves in. So that, you know, again, you're not trying to be sympathetic, but you're being empathetic. Help me understand. What can I do to help you? Not take it off you and fix it, because that doesn't help. But I think then you can come up together with a, a new, a different way to be able to work your way through it, whether it's in the next hour or the next day, or the next week, or the next year, um, because then you'll have a path that you can follow, which is small steps, those little micro actions that enable you to put into action, and therefore you can see that you're moving out of the hole, if you like, little by little towards something that's going to give you back that um, purpose, meaning for living your life, you know, basically. That what, what an amazing sense. I've never heard you say that before. So setback and failure is a comma rather than a full stop and 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 maybe the uh, if we were to bring that across into the world of you know new year's intentions and all that kind of stuff which we had a brilliant conversation about on the um episode uh, yeah 69 so uh, go back and listen to that one if you want to hear Debs's vent against the industry of new year's resolutions but with that in mind of a failure you know or a setback being a comma rather than a full stop what an opportunity therefore to start a new paragraph isn't yes. it? And it's, yeah, so it's a start good. a new paragraph and kind of with that then maybe um, just uh, a little bit of a kind of a fresh sort of perspective on it. And this is where I think that tool, the six box exercise, is a phenomenally handy tool. So I'm thrilled that we had that feedback that someone found that useful and actually used it. It's just such a source of comfort if you feel like your life is sort of <laughs> stuck in a hole and you've been <laughs> around those 1.2 miles underground tunnels a few times and you still can't find anything new, you know. So um, the six box exercise is um, just a, a very straightforward version. I mean, there's so many different things you can do out there, but this is just tells it as it is. Get a blank sheet of paper. You can scribble it. You can type it. You divide it into six boxes. Each of those boxes has a title of something that is meaningful to you. So typically my ones have um, business, family. I mean, of course, family first. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> Just thinking, what's that? Yeah, yeah, that's it. The people first, then the business. Yeah. So uh, family, <coughs> friends. <laughs> we can we can change that a little bit, Law. Yeah. Health, uh, money, business. <laughs> anyway, the order isn't uh, the order isn't important, but you've got the six boxes that have these kind of six titles, things that are meaningful for you for you right now. It might not be forever, but for this point in time, these are the six areas that um, you want to give some kind of dedicate your thought to and then within those six boxes you're allowed three bullet points each but the rules are those bullet points must be positive things that make you feel good or smile when you look at those lists so things like tidy out the spare room if that makes you feel a bit oh every time you look at it then that's not going to motivate you but if it is um create a new space 
ah, you say you sort of write it in a way that cheers you up when you look at it. And then the second rule is you apply a very strict shelf life to it. Because I think one of the things that can demotivate when you're kind of looking to get out of an emergency situation and get into more a business as usual kind of scenario is... um, if it feels like that changes forever. And I think it's quite um, empowering to put on there. So I have a little title that shows the 12-week period, the three-month period that that six-box exercise is focused for. And so you might feel you know, completely different in six months' time as a result, though, of what you've then done. So it's a great way of sort of nudging you along the tunnel. And um, if you keep it sort of visual, so you at least see it every week, and it's a reminder to then kind of look at it and go, oh, yeah, I was going to start that, wasn't I? Otherwise, it's all just unloading the dishwasher and doing the washing. <laughs> you know, you get so <laughs> caught up in the yes. day-to-day kind of routines that actually, which can be comforting, and reassuring, but they don't necessarily progress your life forward. So the six box exercise is a great way to just edge towards um, some things that you you know are going to help you to feel good and to motivate you when you look at it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what, um, you know, the conversation I had this morning, it was really, it was just brilliant to hear because they said that, you know, if they haven't had such a good day and they haven't maybe able to do what they wanted to do, um, they just made sure that they close the end of the day or, you know, they they sort of, you know, close the book at the end of the day is what they called it with a gale. So they they liked the gale. So they picked that up, which is just amazing. And then I think that bit, which is um, what we were talking about was, you know, finding the win in the day, because you will have a win, whether even if it's I got out of bed today, that's a win. So you have to look at that from um, an optimistic viewpoint to go, yeah, the rest of the day might have been rubbish. But what was my win today? So I think you have to Again, it's a choice, right? Because, you know, happiness, wellness and well-being, it's, you know, it's not a spectator sport. You have to get in it. If we want to change it, we have to put things into action. And, you know, effort, I suppose, coupled with meaning, so why am I doing this, um, brings you a sense of fulfilment or achievement. So it's that which is really important, which then will motivate you um, to be able to keep moving forward, even if it's like a minute amount. Um, you know, we talk about 1% is better than no percent. So can I put 1% effort into making that change or thinking about the quick win? And you can go, oh, yeah, of course I can. And that just gives you back that sense of achievement and that motivation to keep going. And I think the more we're talking about that, celebrating those moments, recognising that within ourselves, doesn't matter how hard it is, there will be a win in it. But we might have to look a bit harder, you know, down that hole to bring it about into the daylight and go, I've done it. You know, so it's that bit. Because I think if we can do something that's going to help us change our state um, and get physical around it. You know, we say, you know, getting physical is first aid for emotional resilience. So if how do we keep moving? So whether it's even, as you said, getting out of bed and I've done it, that might be, that might be your win for the day. But you might have some others. So it's recognising those as you go throughout the day and, you know, create a habit around it. Just sort of bringing back to that idea of fraternalistic degradation. So where it is, there's that kind of game that can be played of I'm going to drag you down so I feel less weird about sort of being down. I also think, certainly it's a great comfort for me if ever, you know, there are those moments where you think, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. is, what, what, what is the plan? What? This all feels yeah. very messy. And I think it's, um, maybe this is one of the absolute joys and privileges we have in the type of work that we do. Everyone has bad days. 
Uh, yeah, There's not absolutely. a single human I've ever interacted with that hasn't got a story. You just don't know them well enough. They haven't revealed that story to you. We've worked with wealthy people. We've worked with people that are well-known. We've worked with people who no one has heard of, but they're leading big organisations and everyone at some point has those times where they feel like they're lost in the tunnel. And I think that can be quite empowering because if, for example, this January is feeling a little bit for you, that's not something that is so unique to you that you are damned for the rest of your life to feel a bit more. That is a perfectly normal, not necessarily pleasant, but typical human experience. And I can't think of a single person that I really have got to build rapport with over the many years I've been doing the type of role I have with, who doesn't at some point confess or reveal their stuff, you know. And so um, if you've got some stuff going on at the moment, so has lots of other people. It's it's okay. It's the setbacks that bond us, really, isn't it? That's the one thing we can yeah. guarantee. Every single person around us at some point is going to have a setback. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We have to connect, if you like, to be able to have those moments, those days where we can just go blur to someone not to fix it, but just so we can get it out. Because once it's out of our inner thoughts and our narrative, our negative narrative around it maybe, then it, it, it can't keep playing tricks on our mind. So therefore, we can see the light, as I always call it, because there will be a little glimmer, which is really key. Yes, Debs. And then there's that magic moment of where, as I think many of us can reflect when you look back, sometimes it's the biggest setbacks in life that created the propellant to fall forwards. Yeah, absolutely. created the momentum to move forward. So as always, coach is all about that kind of, you know, ideas to sort of action. So in terms of uh, setbacks and how to, you know, maintaining motivation through those kind of tough times, those dark times, what would be some call to action then that might help us then either for ourselves or to encourage others to use a setback to a fall forward? Yeah, that's really nice. I think... Um, my call to action will be to relabel that narrative that you might be having as it's just a bunch of thoughts and then make one change, a small change to maybe the narrative you're telling yourself um, so you can move towards something that's going to bring you fulfilment or happiness in that moment or lift your spirit, as I always call it. So you go, yeah, there is hope there. And my share of the secret would be really nice link on with that be inspired by the Chilean miners where they were down there lost, stuck and dark and had no idea what was going on. They had no idea if they were ever going to be rescued or how long it would be if they were. Maintaining that sense of some kind of control over your destiny. And if you're a practical person like ourselves, the six box exercise is a corker, very simple exercise to do. Grab someone who has a significant influence in your life and use on theirs. Sit there over a cup of tea and think, right then, This new year ahead, let's grab it. Let's kind of really have a think about how, whilst the rest of the world might be losing their heads, how are we going to feel really like we're kind of working towards that um, vision that is going to help us just lift us and cheer us. So grab a friend, someone who's got an, you know, uh, uh, you've got an influence on each other's lives, so a meaningful relationship, six box exercise, lovely bonding exercise to do over a cup of tea. Yeah, I love that law. And I think just be with it in the moment. Be fully present with it. Be, you know, be in it. Just do it for that um, that lift, I think. And then, yeah, then you can shine your light, right? Which is, yeah, amazing. No. <laughs> um, now, listen, talking of shining your light, we're going to conduct an experiment, aren't we? So Spotify 
has changed its little rules and stuff and you can now rate and review on Spotify. So what we're thinking is, is if you're enjoying these and if you value it, then actually the more ratings and the likes that you get, the easier it is to then get up the, the search bit. So, um, yeah. So Good one. If we, we could encourage everyone to rate and review us on Spotify. Wouldn't that be exciting? Especially when we get feedback from people, because I got an email in um, from somebody who um, listened, especially to last week's episode about motivating their team. Um, and they sent us an amazing message, Law. Um, and yeah, what they said was they really enjoyed the episode. And as they've mentioned to us before, they're always listening intently and working out how can they apply the messages that we're sharing and techniques to their team. Um, So they got them to listen to the podcast um, and they got them to um, come back to their team meeting with their actions and their action points. um, And they they agreed that they would set for themselves, um, implement three of the TNTs um, that you mentioned last week, um, that they would put them into play for this week, um, bring the fun factor back into their place of work, um, and how they can celebrate the team. So that was a it really lifted me that piece of feedback when we got it on an email. So yeah, keep sending your emails in of how you're using some of the stuff that we're sharing with you because that would be really really empowering for us as well. So thank you. Spot on, particularly for anyone who I think uh, who is running a sales team or any kind of client or customer facing team. It's uh, yeah, who wouldn't want to be in a team that is doing stuff like that so as always our goal with this is to equip us all of us have got our L plates on haven't we in this rapidly evolving <laughs> landscape that is called work even though yes. it might be a spare bedroom if that's where your kind of work is at the moment or the one room that you might be working in and uh, yeah what does that mean in terms of us being able to maximize our individual potential share and develop and learn together because you know we're the first generation of adults yes. having to work out what this means and I'll tell you the children are watching <laughs> <laughs> they certainly are, Law. Yeah. Would you want them to be writing the training manual based on how they're watching us all work at the moment? That's the... Every day is a school swear. day, right? No. Exactly. Every day is a school day, yeah. Talking of which, next week, we're going to be yes. focusing on how motivation enables maturity. Yes. So every day a school day indeed. So um, we're looking at the way of motivation. It keeps your skin fresh and your brain mature. So that's what we'll be looking at about young Love mind, <laughs> mature outlook, etc. But the actually the, how motivation and keeping that kind of motivation going, how good that is for us and how it keeps us young. And yet that breeds that wisdom and that maturity. So yeah, looking brilliant. forward to that. Yeah, me too, Law. And I'll see you next week. Love, Love you. you. Bye. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email on secretsfromacoach at aol.com or follow us on Insta at secretsfromacoach.com.